With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Line of Vienna Street podcast. This is episode 155. My name is Tom Jenkins, and tonight I'm joined by Chris Manning and James Jarvis. I apologise profusely to everyone for the state of my voice, um, but if you've been anywhere this week on Twitter, you probably realise as to why that's the case. Um, had we done this podcast on the original scheduled date, which I think was going to be last Sunday, we were recording on Thursday the 17th, um, it would have been very, very different in tone because uh, we'd have just been discussing a loss against Walsall, uh, which had come in a week after the 6-3 defeat at home to Port Vale. Um, but we won on Tuesday night against Cheltenham Town, uh, away at Cheltenham in front of fans, uh, 1-0 in the last minute, Ryan Delaney. It wasn't pretty, but it was, wasn't half effective. James, I'll come to you first. I presume you watched the game uh, probably in a lot more comfort than I did. What did you make of it overall? <laughs> You're saying you weren't comfortable getting a fist bump off Sice after the goal? None of that was comfortable, mate. I had a bunch of inbred people sat behind me screaming at me saying, home fans only, home fans only. Yeah, like, but it's know, not... Couldn't it water if it fell out of a boat that lot? Yeah, but it's not like they were going to do anything to you, were they? <laughs> no, not no, no, they weren't. I mean, the most uh, grief that I got was off um, a woman who was um, sat behind me, must have been about 80 years old, who kept on telling me to put my face mask on properly, even though I was, you know, literally putting it down over my nose so that I could breathe properly. I mean, you know, there's not there's there's, there's, there's not an awful lot of uh, uh, what's the word vicious people down there who who are going to be able to t- uh, to do anything particularly harmful. Although there was like one lad who sat behind me who was rather uh, boisterous, to say the least, who I think got his head filled in outside the ground by probably another Bolton fan, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, I mean, it, it's worth us talking about it before talking about the game, I suppose. I had a cracking time. It was awesome to be able to actually see Bolton play um, in the flesh. I wish it had been you know, a more comfortable victory, but I suppose you can't beat a last-minute winner. And um, suffice to say, there was a lot of alcoholic beverages uh, consumed beforehand, afterwards, and in the early hours of the morning. But go on, we'll talk about the football. It's much more important than, than me. What did you make of the game, James? Uh, well, I'll be honest, I missed the first 20 minutes because <laughs> I had to go pick up my sister from um, from her dancing. So, unfortunately, I missed the first 20 minutes. <laughs> she'll, <laughs> she'll love getting a mention. She'll love getting a shout-out on the podcast, I'm sure. Oh, she absolutely does not listen to it, but whatever. <laughs> Um, but I, but when I got back, um, kind of a turgid first half. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I I think we had most of our chances during that first half, from what I remember. But I don't know. It just it it the entire game. It just felt like nothing was gonna happen, did it? And it, even from Cheltenham, like they had their roar Dilap throw-ins, but every single time I was never worried because they never looked like rising above either Delaney Santos. Greenwich, Jilks, or whoever to to reach the ball first. So 
I was fu- I was fully expecting that I'd missed about twenty minutes in the match and paid ten pound for an absolutely nothing game. But hey, we hey we scrapped it, which is the most important thing. So even even though ninety minutes of it was a bit dross, who cares? We won, so that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was actually um, a very smart move for me and Everton to play Reese Greenwich, even though on the ball and playing in a left wing back role um, clearly wasn't his forte. But just having that extra height in the box to be able to deal with what was a pretty substantial f- threat from that uh, from that long throw, I thought it was a, was a good shout. But although Cheltenham could play decent football, but my mate who doesn't really like football, who, who I went to the game with, there were, there were two others with us, and they they basically called it a nil nil at half time. They were hundred percent certain that it was going to end up that way because the standard of finishing was utterly utterly dreadful. Um, but we managed to nick it in the end. And even though Ryan, well, Delaney did his best to scuff that finish. But as you say, James, you can't beat a last minute winner. Chris, I presume you watched the full game as well. What was your assessment of it overall? Yeah, I thought it was bowling she ugly from from start to finish. Um, granted, we had a few moments here and there of of decent play, mainly when we actually tried to get the ball on the deck and, and pass it through them. I thought that's when we really did look pretty dangerous. But at the same time, I I, I, I sort of forty nine percent put that down to how good we are, and I fifty one percent put it down to our absolutely diabolical League Two football is. Um, <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but I'm finding it really hard to watch. That the the quality is so so poor, and I know that's exactly where we are and where we deserve to be. It's not not sour grapes about that or stamping my feet because we're not playing higher up or anything like that. But Christ Almighty, it's tough, a tough slog. And games like that, and and to go back to the two previous, were equally difficult to watch. Just purely for me, the I find it hard to enjoy football at this level. It's just a little bit, I don't know, it doesn't feel real. I think it's maybe that the actuality of our decline writ large in my in my brain and, and absolutely finally hit home after all these years that we're not in the Premier League anymore. Um, but overall, like James said, you know, we can't have too many complaints about the game um, as a whole because we won. And I certainly didn't see that coming. Like like you boys, I thought he had 0-0 written all over it from a very early stage. I thought our, we were quite blunt in attack. Uh, Doyle seemed dedicated to scoring the greedy goals, Delfonso, yet again, extremely quiet and not a great deal from the midfield either other than a, you know the, the usual sort of endeavour that you would expect. But three points to three points, so I put all that back in its in its basket and not complain too much. I think it helps having um, uh, people people with me who don't really like football or when they do watch football, it's just Premier League because it does sort of ground you a little bit to realise the, the poor standard that we're watching because when I'm watching Bolton, I find it very, very difficult to focus on anything else other than the result. Um, so, so it's hard for me to be objective about the standard of football or even notice that the standard of football has really thoroughly declined. So ha- having my mates with me made me realise just how terrible a game it was. Yeah. Um, but... As you said, we, we you can't complain because we came away with the win. Um, James, do you think this is a, is a turnaround or do the issues that were exposed in the previous two defeats sort of worry you a little bit more, make, make you think that this might just be a flash in the pan? Uh, well, the only way, the only real way we'll find out is how we respond against Trampmere on Saturday, which I'm gutted that we won't be able to have fans in. It's it's ludicrous, isn't it? Well, you know, we 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 can only leave that where it is because it's just an unbelievably stupid decision. But you know, but, but yeah. we just have to hope to win the game's fun. But yeah, um, we've we've won games uh, pretty, or at least pretty for League Two level um, in previous weeks. We've also and now we've proven that we can win games ugly, which we'll probably have to do against the teams that are up there like Cheltenham and Newport, etc. 
we might yeah. we, we might have to do that to to get the results that we need. So as, we've proven that we can do it. So you, like I say, you can't you can't really complain about the methods as long as you get the results, especially at a level like this. So you know, hope, but although I would like to see us instead of a smash and grab versus Keith, I would love to just see us absolutely tear his team apart. But <laughs> you know. You, beggars can't be choosers, can we? As long as it's a win again against uh, that Muppet, then I'll, I'll be very, very pleased. Uh, one, the big change that happened, uh, aside from Greenwich, Chris, in, in the Cheltenham game was uh, Lloyd Isgrove coming in for Ali Crawford. Now, um, obviously, we've spoken at length amongst ourselves about how uh, we think Crawford's been rather, what's the word, insipid pretty much the entire time that he's been at the club, uh, bar a few moments of brilliance. But they've been so few and far between, it's hard to really judge him on that. How did you think his growth des- deputised for him? Uh, f- firstly, just to, before you even go into that, I completely agree with you about Crawford's time at the club so far. I think I'd have probably used a, a stronger word. I think he's been absolutely dog shit since he's arrived. And One scabby free kick against Rochdale and then supposedly an half-decent game against Manchester City under-15s in a cup game that nobody saw. Doesn't a good player make it? No doubt he's, he's earning well out of us, but he really needs to pull his finger out of his ass because he's been rubbish. Rubbish for us so far. I do, appreciate Chris, I, I, oh. I, I do appreciate, Chris, that having a nuanced debate about footballers that you've made your mind up on is not exactly high on your agenda. But, but hey, thing I, is... I, I'm always, always game for changing my mind. I just don't see much to change it. Feel free to try and persuade me otherwise. Oh, God, you know, you know that I'm a subscriber to, to this school of thought completely. After the Walsall game, I was willing to drive down to, to Birmingham and wring <laughs> his neck. Um, I, I just thought it was unbelievably poor and, and the way that he uh, sort of just shirked out of challenges was just, I, I can't stand it in a Bolton shirt, I've never been able to stand it I know obviously you were a big fan of Chris Eagles but it's the reason why I could never really get on board with him but at least with Eagles, there was a genuine quality player there who, actually had, who actually had footballing ability you know, with, with Crawford, Crawford I think I've seen him have five good moments in, in a Bolton shirt and as you say, two of them were completely inconsequential I could forgive um, Crawford but, if his set-piece delivery was any good, but it's been absolutely shocking at, for, that's this right. season for some reason. But everything this is he's supposed to be good at. on his growth, though, isn't it? Though Because it, one yeah. corner in his yeah. game, and we score from it. Uh, absolutely, and I think that the, the things that Crawford is supposed to be good at, we, we've seen absolutely nothing on. He, you know, and, and your point about Eagles is very, very relevant. But the, you know, again, like you said, an end product was there, so you could forgive some of the the, the histrionics or the fact he wasn't a, a Kevin Davies type getting stuck in every five minutes. But with Crawford, we've got a lot of the negatives and, and not so many of the positives of a player like that. And whether that's maybe expecting too much at this level, I, d- I don't know. I mean, pre Wanderers, I don't really know much about the guy. I don't really think his career's ever crossed my, my radar whatsoever. Um, but the fact that the endeavour of his grove showed Crawford up for what he doesn't bring to the team. Um, was, was That was stark. Uh, and so there's absolutely no reason that I can see, barring an injury, that you would think to uh, to change that for the next game because um, our man, his grove, showed everything that I want Crawford to show. Desire to run with the ball, allowing other players to get into the game because of that. We, we don't have that normally. you know. We don't have the ability for Sasevich and, and other those in midfield to make moves forward because we're too busy playing, trying to play to Crawford's strengths. And I wonder if maybe Everett has, has realised that. I did find it curious, as one final point, that he did say earlier in the season that he wouldn't doesn't listen to fans' criticism and things like that. Well, he did the other night when he dropped Crawford. And he did the other night when we played Salford as well. I mean, the, the, literally everything that we said 
in the build-up to that game that we wanted to see mm. happen ever did that I'm, I'm, and and he has referenced i mean this is the thing it's it would be you know adding two and two together and getting five to say that he's taking our advice on board and then putting it into practice but I there have been not. several isolated oh, exactly there have been several isolated incidents this season where he's mentioned things that we've said on twitter for example the hms piss the league thing comes to mind um talking about how people rang him up or something and said that he needs to play ball after the forest green game <laughs> Um, you know, all things, things like that. So I, th- I think it does take um, some of the criticism that gets voiced on Twitter or in on social media in general um, to heart. Uh, I, I think there is a bit of an ego there with Ian Ebert to the point that, um, you know, it's his way or the highway, which I think is why we've seen Liam Gordon go out today back back on loan to Dagenham Reveridge in a move that really just hasn't worked out for the, for the lad. Um, James, we saw Greenwich play a left wing back against Chelsea. We saw Maskell come on. We've seen Gethin Jones and Harry Brockbank play there. I presume this is no surprise that Gordon's gone back. Oh, of course not. He's not even been on the bench for God knows how many games. We we barely saw we've barely seen anything of him outside of the Christmas video he's done on the YouTube channel. So, so it, it's it's really no surprise. <laughs> yeah. Oh oh yeah. Uh, I I just stopped after the first one. I, I just, but anyway, um, at to the point. Yeah, it's no surprise, especially that he's gone back to Dagenham Redbridge, where, uh, for lack of a better term, he made his name. Um, it, it, it seems likely that he'll be gone in the summer, from my view, especially with the way that he worded it from initial one-month loan. Maybe maybe it is just initial one-month loan. Say, like, if he does do really well and gets whatever confidence he's lacking back or, you know, he starts to take whatever le- whatever lessons he's going to learn from this to heart to come back a stronger player then then we'll see but yeah it it, se- it seems likely that that the lad's done and that we're just going to get in a new left wing back probably that Donahue that I keep seeing being banded yeah, around yeah Donahue um, formerly of Swindon uh, seems to be a jailbird as well so you know we are the matter <laughs> of broken things as it no were. thanks well, if that's the way we go, that's where we go. We have to just see what happens. I, I for one, I thought Jamie Maskell when he came on did quite well in the Cheltenham game, but um, it, he has shown a lot of defensive frailties in the games that he's played as well. So I'm, I don't think uh, any player coming in has got an awful lot in his way uh, to play in that left, left wing back role. Um, I, Chris, I did wonder if yeah. there might be. Sorry, Tommy, if I just may say, I did wonder whether there might be in the uh, in the aftermath of. of... Tony Phoenix disappearing, that there might be one or two outgoings. Perhaps that will be uh, an indication of the players that he would brought in as opposed to Everett with the uh, with Everett wanting to put his stamp on the team. Well, that's the thing. I think we've discussed it on the podcast before how much um, of an influence Tobias Phoenix had on uh, recruitment for, uh, in, in the summer. And I think you could probably say that Liam Gordon would definitely have been a Tobias Phoenix signing. Um, but, you know, that, that, that has been the other big news in the, in the last week or so that he is gone. And Ian Everett's role has changed. He's now manager instead of head coach. Uh, I know, Chris, that you know you don't necessarily pay attention to all these things happening over over the uh, outside of the footballing um, sphere. But what did you make of the the change in the hierarchy? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of those ones. Into I think they, they've done they've done it to reinforce the, uh, the the position Everett's in and to give him a a show of good faith, I suppose, by the owners when perhaps. At, with some of our less impressive performances, there will always be a, an element of the fan base that that will leap to the uh, to the extreme, I guess you might say, in terms of wanting to make a change. So I, I think I probably see it more as a a soft vote of confidence than anything else. 
Um, we'll see whether he can sink or swim, making a decision solely on his own. I, I do think it's the right move. I must say the the idea that a League Two club, supposedly without two pennies to rub together, is is has got a head of football operations or whatever his t- job title was, just seems a little bit of an unnecessary luxury to me. And if that means we can save on save a few quid on wages and divert that into new signings, then all the better. And of course, centre bias on his way with my very best wishes. <laughs> Very diplomatic of you. Um, I, I, I have to agree. I, I think it just seemed like a very, very odd um, thing to do at this level. I think it's an odd thing to do at most levels. I can't really think of many uh, other than uh, the Brentford model, which I think follows this one in, ever so slightly, um, that have been overly successful in the past. Um, giving Everett free reign has obviously... The buck stops with him. I think it makes it very obvious for yeah. the fans to then point their anger at one particular person. With if, if the signings go badly, if the performances go badly, you know, at least there's accountability there, which I think I think helps. Um, has ever got a lot of things right for you, Chris? I'm going to uh, come back to you. Uh, in, in sort of like the first six or seven months of his reign, do you think we're sort of halfway through the season now almost? How would you judge his time at the club so far? I'll be uh, uh, disappointing for me disappointing and I guess that is partly his fault but it's probably partly my fault as well in terms of getting swept along with the expectation the excitement of pre-season of the the players we were bringing in I expected more of so I would also maybe put an element of blame upon them as well as as the manager and, and the fans expectations I think all things considered we're nowhere near where we should be we're nowhere near where we need to be we're maddeningly maddeningly inconsistent the reaction to the the five gate they're losing the five game winning run was was nothing short of shambolic um and i can only hope that the win the other night has given us the confidence to get back on another run um, and hopefully we'll start seeing the best of, of everts bolton because there was definitely signs in those those half a dozen games that we were playing some really good stuff and that um, people who were, who'd started the season poorly so like sarsevich like doyle santos um won't mention the goalkeeper. We're starting to find their feet and find their 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 level in this division. But the fact that we've swung so wildly from uh, from having, from feast to famine in the time since those that winning spell, it does make me concerned. It does make me worried. But I think I've reconciled it to the reconciled myself to the fact that I, I don't think he's going anywhere. You know, he, he's obviously going to get the season in much the same way that Keith Hill got the season last last year when. You know, to all intents and purposes, when we got to about November or December, there, there was people already starting to talk about him, him being the wrong man. But I, I've got I've got hope that he wants that he can improve. I really do. I think the players owe him something as well for that. Yeah, I would agree, James. Same question to you. Uh, the fact I'd say I'd say the fact that um, we're still in around fighting for for playoffs. I mean, what are we? Only three points of the playoffs at the moment. That's not a yeah. bad place to be. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad place to be. Um, he- heading into heading into January, so I'd I'd say overall he's d- he's obviously not doing as well as we'd all have hoped. We we all like Chris said we all got swept up with the hype. We we all heard the Barcelona stuff. We all heard that, and uh, as well with some of the signs we came in, like your Doyles, your Delfonsos, your Sarsviches, it was hard to kind of not get swept up by just some of the calibre of things that were being spoken about and some of the calibre of things that we were doing. But, you know, maybe... Well, we probably all needed that dose of realism, that the bad starts, the, Definitely. Poor, the poor performances. And 
it'll probably all do us a world of good for that second half of the season. It it's done the board a world of good because they've made the structural changes necessary, getting rid of um, the middle man with Tobias Phoenix or whatever the whatever the hell he did, um, shipping out some of the players and that that are probably not going to be here like your Fowles, your your Gordons. Probably more along the way, but I don't want to. Say oh, there'll definitely be more. I was going. I was going yeah, to say. Yeah, I was about to say. Well. I don't want to. I don't want to say. January, I don't want to say any. Go, yeah, I don't want to say any names until we actually, until we get official announcements. But I have some suspicions. But I'll keep that to myself for now. Um, <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> I know you're going to ask me later, but for now I'll keep them to myself. Uh, sure. But but anyway, I don't think we're in a bad position. What? what we all thought we were going to struggle, and then suddenly we go on a five-game run. That's how quickly things can turn in, in this league. If we're up in those upper echelons by, let's say, around let's say around late February, if if we're still in around the position we are right now, we I think I think we'll be absolutely fine. It's it's it has been madden, maddeningly inconsistent at the moment. You can't you can't deny that, but slowly but surely. Things are starting to gel together. The relationships are starting to be formed. Obviously, we've had a, we've had a settled back line. We have a settled front two. Midfield still needs some work, like Chris mentioned. But outside, and obviously, we need to sort out our our left wing back situation. But outside of that, a lot of the a lot of the parts are coming together, and you can, and it really does have the makings for a promotion promotion team. We just need that the consistency consistency of results to go along with it. And hopefully, Cheltenham is the start of that because it it regardless of the performance, it was it was a um, it was a coup of a result and much needed, especially with a team that's gonna, that's probably going to be up there at the end of the season. Yeah, you, you talk about relationships, then um, James, Chris, I'll come to you for this one. Uh, how much of an overhaul do you think there's going to be in January? Obviously, there's not an awful lot of money to spend, but given that we expect. Quite a few of the people who've not necessarily worked out in the first half of the season will be on their way. There's going to be squad places available. Uh, do you think it could unsettle if there is a bit of an overhaul? Well, his first—I would say that the majority of his first eleven seems quite settled. So I, I wouldn't mind, and I wouldn't be against, and I wouldn't be surprised by there being, you know, elements of change to the supporting cast. You know, the the, the, the players that we bring on, the strength in depth that we haven't really got, because let's face it, at the moment things as things stand, we haven't really got any attacking options off the bench of any real quality nope. um, and don't you dare throw Ronan Darcy at me in that uh, in that bracket I would love to see some more reinforcements up front because you know heaven, if we get an injury to Doyle for example and as much as I like Delfonso I think he, he wouldn't be able to play the same role in the team that Doyle does no. and then we'd have a huge gaping hole on the left hand side of attack where Delfonso has been so we're we're doing alright in, in some positions but we struggle from a lack of quality in depth not, not so much numbers so yeah, I do. I think I think there'll probably be quite a few ins and outs. I can imagine the players that we've brought in, especially those like Gordon uh, and Greenidge and people like that who haven't really come from anywhere of any note, won't be on masses of money. So we're not talking about the old days where you got players sitting on fat contracts and things like that that you can't shift. And I think we'll see a bit of wheeling and dealing from it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you, what you can do. I think it could be an exciting January certainly. Um, the mm. one that you do, one that you didn't mention there, um, who I think. It's a very odd situation, and he could well be looking for a move out, and could be one of the bigger runners is George Taft, and who just seems to have faded into complete obscurity, having been probably our marquee defensive signing of the summer. 
arguably. Ah, he's been rubbish though, hasn't he? He's but been, this, but this is the thing, we mm. don't know. We don't really know. I mean, I've seen him possibly twice at the, first, at the start of the season. He came in and played against Newcastle in the 23s and you can't really judge a performance like that. Uh, we, we, this is a man who's had a lot of experience at this level, got uh, played inside to, towards the top of, of this league at this level. I just think it's very odd that he seems to have been ostracised mm-hmm. so, so strangely. So, James, what do you think? Do you reckon we could be seeing the back of Taft? No. I genuinely don't think we're, we're, we're going to see the back of him. Um, at some at some point, he will come in for one of our players. Whether it's Delaney or whether it's Baptiste, he's going to come in for one of them at some point this season. Greenwich is, for lack of a better word, a really awkward player. He's a stump. Yeah, yeah, he's a really he's a really awkward player. He he might be someone you want to bring on if you want to drive the you know the defense forward because despite despite all his apparent clumsiness, he does have some weird ability to win the ball back further up the field, even if he is extremely extremely slow getting back. Ungainly. He's not. He's ungainly. N- yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> He's so kind. Yeah, he's a really awkward player. He's not. A, he's not a starter. But say, like, if a Delaney or if a Santos or if a, if or if Baptiste get injured at some point this season, which knowing our luck, they probably will, and unsettle the back line, I'd rather have the more reliable head in George Taft there. I mean, we. I mean, we. We'd probably have Liam Edwards back, but let's face it, he'll be going out on loan because God knows he needs. He needs the game time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He does. Seniors inexperienced. He's he won't. You won't be able to rely on him throughout the season. No. He's, so, no, I don't think Taft's going anywhere myself. He's probably frustrated with his lack of game time, but at the same time, it's also understandable because Santos, Delaney, and Baptiste just seem really settled alongside each other at the moment. And barring injury, there's no real reason to to change them. That's fascinating, isn't it? I think, isn't it? I think you're season, right. And, yeah, and I, go on. Yeah, I think I think you did right, James. I think ba- Baptiste he, he can't last the whole season at his age playing every single week. So I think there's an opportunity there. Going back to the summer, there were there was some comments made. I know I know this this to be you know your ITK tap your nose that kind of thing. That Everett didn't fancy Delaney one bit when he first came in and he tried to move him on. And so I wonder whether that Taft was there with the intention that, that Delaney who hadn't impressed Everett one bit in in the, the early start of part of pre season would have been that left-sided defender that Delaney's become. So, again, I guess that's just the way the cookie crumbles in football. Delaney's had an opportunity, and to some uh, to some extent, he's taken it with both hands. I'm still not convinced, but again, I wonder whether that's more the, the limitations of the level we're playing at than anything else. I think it's more... Uh, the, I think, think Taft has it... su- suffered. Yeah, I was about to say, I think it's more the limitations of him, because at, at the start of the season, obviously, we were leaking goals left-right, and... Delaney compared to Taft, obviously he's not nearly as good going forward, but I'd, I would say overall he's more defensively sound, even if he doesn't get, give away yeah, a, a silly foul every now and again. But outside of that, I, he was what he was what we needed. We just needed a head that just knew how to head the ball away, tackle when he needed to, and get it done. And it's transformed the team. And he's obviously 
and that's obviously left an impression on Ever. It's the reason why he stayed in the team, even despite his Definitely. limitations going forward. One of the comments I was making to a mate on whilst watching the game was that um, Delaney's performance, it reminded me, and you just made the exact same point, of when we signed Andy O'Brien, going back all those years, and we're talking about a proper like meat and potatoes defender, no frills whatsoever, that sort of thing. But at the time, that was precisely what we needed. And so Andy O'Brien ended up winning player of the season that year when, you know, to, to, for the players that had come before, he wasn't fit to lace the boots. So you're dead right. I think, you know, oftentimes with certain players, with certain skill sets and abilities and what have you, there's uh, it's all about timing. He's an old school clogger, he's Ryan Delaney, simple, simple as that. Um, uh, but there, there's an element of balance to that defence now, I think, that it took us bloody ages to find a back three that was settled enough to be able to play the way that Everett wants to. And, you know, it, it does amaze me to, to think that Alex Baptiste is one of the integral parts of that. Um, but I think you're right, Chris, he's not going to last the season because at his age, it would just be ridiculous for, for us to expect that of him. But he's become a very, very crucial player. And it's incredible to think, given the dog's abuse that he's been given by Bolton fans over the years since his last spell ended and just as he signed. Definitely, uh, I don't think you can you can criticise too too much his performances over the last sort of six to eight weeks. You know, Port Vale aside, then again that goes for everyone. But I think he's done well. But then again, I wasn't necessarily on board with him being the worst defender of all time since his last spell with Wanderers either. So again, I think sometimes the expectations can colour where you go from here with it. Yeah, I, th- I think his reputation preceded him, and so he was be- being scapegoated quite a bit. And also, I don't think he was particularly popular because he took Brock Bank's place when Brock Bank got injured, who's, of course, another one who could come into this team. So, as, as you said before, there's options there. I would expect the majority of the um, the, the transfer dealings to be done, um, obviously, left wing back, but also up front. Um, we've been led to believe, of course, though, that Kieran Lee, a former Sheffield Wednesday midfielder, 32 years of age, box-to-box player, very highly rated back when he did play in the Championship for Sheffield Wednesday, has been on trial at Bolton and, um, I mean, I, I won't go as far as to spoil it, but um, off air, Mark, I was basically told, uh, Lee Tennant and I, in the, in the buff quiz, that that was pretty much a done deal and, w- and would be done um, uh, as soon as possible. Chris, I know this is a typical uh, response for you to say that you never heard of him because he's not a Premier League player, uh, but James, I'll ask you, what, what, what did you make of the possibility of Lee coming in? I'd say thank Christ because we need a proper DM. We do. Yep. Uh, and it, it it seems appropriate that for the for our two DM slots, we're just going to have two players who will probably be, one will be injured at the same time that the other one <laughs> is fit. So I don't know. It I don't know. It all seems it all seems apt, but yeah, K- Kieran Lee, solid option. You can't complain. I don't. I can't really say too much about him because I I would say that I can't remember too much of him playing or at least playing against us when he was. A, at Sheffield United, but then again, that's what I suppose for a DM. That's almost a that's almost a compliment because if you go about your job quietly, you're probably doing something right in that position. So I'd say probably a good signing as long as he can stay fit, because he can't, and especially because he can't do worse than what Tom White's been doing in that position at the moment, and how unfortunately Comley's let us down. Yeah, I and mean, that's why uh, George Thomason's obviously got the gig. But, um, you know, you, you've mentioned this before, Chris, that we, we've got that soft underbelly in midfield that probably needs rectifying by either Tuts coming back or Lee coming in. Definitely. I think that, that White is probably, you know, is that he seems to be out of his depth. He's not got the experience. And I think in a league like this, if you can't pluck a 
a Carl Henry type from there. The, the best alternative is that you can go for you go for some sort of uh, some player that's got more experience than the player that you're looking to replace. And whilst not being mad familiar with Lee, I've read all the um, the, the reports from Wednesday fans, and they, they seem to think that in, in his pomp, he was he was a hell of a player. So I was going to ask you, Tom, just to turn the tables a little bit mm. on where you think he might fit in. Uh, well, 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 Tut's out the team. I think you, you've got to think that he's going to play alongside Sarsovic and then one of Isgrove, Darcy or Crawford are going to play up, uh, ahead of them in, in that three. Uh, if Tut's fit, I've got to be honest, I want Tut playing. I, I genuinely think he's been that good for us that mm. he, he was un, he's undroppable if, if fit. Um, some of the reading of the game uh, shows that he's you know been in a quality academy, been uh, got a bit of nous at this level, knows you know where the ball's going to drop, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and had he not got injured, I'm convinced we don't lose that game against Port Vale. I'm convinced that we uh, don't lose that game against Walsall because it was desperate for a closer. You know, in that in that, in that first half when we were sort of tiring, having having dominated most of it, and for the last ten minutes, Walsall started coming back at us. He was desperate for someone like Andy Turk to to calm the ship. Mm. Um, so that's why I would hope that Kieran Lee would do. Um, his, his quality is undoubted. I remember him playing against us when, in uh, 2017 when we beat uh, Sheffield Wednesday 2-1. He scored their goal um, and he was gen- generally superb. Uh, between 2015 and 2018, I think he was on the shortlist for a championship team of the year. Um, so obviously you get to age 32 and with the injuries that you've had, it, it can you know take away a lot of a lot of the uh, ability, especially as a box to box player. You need that fitness. So Andy Tut would be my first port of call, but you can't argue with a player of of, of Lee's calibre. And I would think you would slot in straight alongside Sarsovic, who is another player who I think is undroppable, rightly or wrongly, because he's been uh, he's blown hot and cold as well. Yeah, I thought I thought very much against uh, against Chelsea the night that Sarsovic was one of his quieter games, shall we say? And and I don't know whether that was. The fact that he wasn't perhaps used to having his Grove next to him as a as a partner, perhaps his Grove was maybe stealing his thunder a little bit with his his sort of dynamic runs uh, to support the striker, which I feel like sometimes Sarsovic wants to do, but perhaps he's, he's either got the shackles on him by ever or a, a colleague is there in the side that's supposedly, and I'm, I'm saying that Valley Crawford in my mind meant to do it better than he does. So again, I was wondering whether the arrival of someone like Lee would complement Sarsovic, and I think you're dead right in that if we had him and Tut in an ideal world, both fit, both playing, they would be that uh, initial shield and that might free up Sarsovic to play that role. I don't know. Everett seems to have a few little things up his sleeve, doesn't he, with his tactical rejigs? Well, this is the thing. We've got a balanced defence now. We don't have a balanced midfield and we've not had a balanced midfield mm. all, all, all season long. And I think it would be fair to say that we won that game on Tuesday in spite of, uh, sorry, yeah, in spite of our midfield rather than as a result of our midfield, even though I do think that... Uh, George Thomason's done uh, coming and uh, done quite well. J- James, obviously, I don't think Thomason would get into your starting midfield three if all of our players were fit. But h- how do you think he's fared in those games? Uh, if we're talking about him in the DM role, he's not done that well. He's 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 no. not, but he's not a DM. So, in in my opinion, he he'll be the inherent successor to Sarsovic at some point. Just that box to box midfielder that that. Super, that's reliable, can hold onto the ball, and can spray the passes. Even though they're slight, they're slightly different players, but you get what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. Tom Thomason probably keep his impact, especially to to cap to cameos off the bench when we get Kieran Lee in, because his type of passing 
especially when a game's starting to die down, say, say if we need a goal or we just want to get a, get a decent counter-attack started, he's the type of player you want to bring on to spray those balls forward to a really good position for someone to latch on to. He'll be perfect for that as he as he gains more experience at this level uh, to to eventually become a starter. So, yeah, I, I'm 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 impressed with Thomason. Obviously, none of us ever thought much of him because, well, keep Key Phil signed him and we signed him from a what was it a tenth division side in Longridge. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know. You'd have to ask Will Jones who works there now. Fair, yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, tenth division side in Longridge. So and he and he just looks like a real chopstick chopstick of a player. So, but somebody, I think I saw somebody. If I may just interrupt, I saw somebody once describe him as looking like the lad that served you your pie at half time, and I thought, <laughs> "Flipper Dex, absolutely." No, that was that, that, that was me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, but but you know what? All credit to him. I think his calmness on the ball has been really really positive and. Nobody else in our team that I can see at the moment. And I again, I'll just say that the, the C word, with Crawford included, nobody's got that sort of calmness and, and, and ability, it seems, to pick a pass. Um, you know, it, you know, be, be it one touch, two touch stuff, I, I'd be really impressed with him and I'd be reluctant to, to chuck him at this minute in time. If you could maybe consider Sarsevich and Lee as, as two more like holding players. I wonder whether Thomason, with his, what, you know, the vision that he appears to have, could maybe play further up the field where perhaps his lack of physicality wouldn't be so much of a problem. I've, I've got to be honest, a lot, a lot of the time I sort of stick my neck out and say, I would do this and this is what I think the manager would be doing. With, with that midfield, with the way that it, uh, the whole team is designed, then he's not going to deter from the um, uh, the five at the back and then three-man in midfield. I've got no idea who to play there. I genuinely mm. don't. I, I, it could I, be anyone, think... couldn't it? It, it literally could because it, it, it all depends. I think it has to depend on the opposition as to whether you want to be more solid or whether you want to be more uh, free flowing. I don't think there's a right combination. Um, I certainly think we pick the wrong combinations a lot of times. Um, but we, we mentioned White and Comley, and I don't want to necessarily give them an awful lot of their time because of how poor they've been this season. Could, do you reckon they're candidates for, for the bin list, Chris? Definitely. Uh, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in Comley because I thought in pre season, the games that. Uh, that we were able to see, or at least the highlights, that he looked decent. He's got a, a, an half-decent pedigree. And I also thought he wasn't shocking in the first couple of games. I know it was, again, you know, our sort of initial assessments of players tends to stick. And, and I want to see him make a success of it because I do think there's a player in there. Um, whether at his age he does become more of that calming, calm, calmer head to bring on 15, 20 minutes to go in, in a game that we might be leading in, I don't know. But White, I've seen absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, again, don't want to write him off. Having just praised Thomason from coming from non-league to to be in a semi-success at Wanderers, but White coming from Barrow, I expected far more. I just one of those players that you just don't know what he is. Is he a defensive? Is he attacking? Not got a clue. Doesn't seem to do anything particularly well. So yeah, he can go. Yeah, I think I think. Um... We wouldn't be shocked to see them uh, head out the door, no. uh, and I think I think it's unfortunate in the case of Comley because I don't think he's he's built for this system. I think we've had this conversation before. He's just he, he wants to be in a midfield two behind a bank of three attacking midfielders and a striker in a four-two-three-one. That is exactly where he, he would fit in uh, in this four-five-three-two or whatever it is. You need players in that midfield who are capable of doing both. You need transitional players, and unfortunately, he's a bit too set in his ways. Personally, I think you only get rid of one of them. 
And if I had to choose to get one to, to get rid of, you'd get rid of Tom White, myself. Especially, especially as he's not our player. Yeah, he's only on loan. It, it, it was worth ever trying to bring him in at first because he was trying and tested at Barrow, and he and he did work out for them. I don't know, what, I don't know to what degree, but it was enough that ever considered him worthy to try and bring on. And if he had done well, we'd have probably got him for free in the summer. But it really, really has not worked out for the lad, which shame for him. But it turns out he's he's a non-league player at this moment in time. So. Like I, I kind of agree with Chris that Conley might still possibly make some of himself here, especially after I saw the stats that s- suggested he does pass forward more than I thought, and if you combine that with his passing accuracy, he, he might not actually be that bad. But there, but I'm not sure he if doesn't it, suit us, mate. He I'm doesn't not, suit. He I'm doesn't sure. suit the formation we're trying to play. Yeah, that. It's a, it's a it's a weird it's a weird one we come. It might be it might be the formation, but he's I I don't think he's as bad a player as White as White is. Like you say, White's White's suffered from Joe Williams syndrome. He had a good debut and then nothing since. God, Joe Williams. <laughs> oh, it, it's been a long few years, boys. It really has. Um, <laughs> um, I think we could probably start to be bringing this to a close. It's just been a very very quick catch up to be make make sure that you know we, we've got everything covered and obviously. We won a game, so it always makes it a lot more easy to talk about things. The, uh, the last couple of things I'd like to come on to, I think we've mentioned pretty much every area of the of, of the team, with the exception of uh, the right wing back situation. We had Gethin Jones playing there um, against Cheltenham whilst Peter Kioso was out injured. There seems to be a school of thought where Kioso might go back um, to to Luton in January as a result of their injury situation. If that's if that situation did. Um, transpire, Chris. Would you be happy with what we to roll with what we've got at the moment, or would you look for a, a replacement? It's a tough one because I think what we'd lose in attacking ability, we'd probably gain in defensive stability, if that makes sense. Because Kioso's so attacking that it, it does leave the right hand side a little bit exposed from time to time. But the counterpoint of that is that it's probably worth it, given the, the benefit he brings to us in, a, in an attacking sense. So yeah, it's it's a tough one. Uh, I, I would much rather keep him because I like him. I like his energy and I like his desire to get into the box. You know, I'm not asked about defensive football. I'm here to be entertained. And, and a player who runs on the front foot, takes people and has that sort of presence in the box will be absolutely it is, is vital to us. Um, but then again, if we have no choice and he does have to go, then and I think Jones has proven that he can be he can be solid. Perhaps not as spectacular as, as um, Kioso in terms of getting forward and get actually getting in the box. But again, a player who's got an half-decent pedigree, and like you mentioned earlier about, I can't remember it was about you were talking, but when they, when they come from a, a reasonable academy, a reasonable starting point, they tend to be better players ultimately. So I'd be interested to see whatever interested to see whatever did, but fingers crossed they don't recall him. Yeah, I, I think we'd lose quite a lot going forward. He's been he's been fairly integral to to starting attacks from from that deep position, and and oh, and also I do love it when a defender just loves winning headers. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen someone with the desire to try and get up in the air and win every single ball that I've seen with Peter Keogh. So he's better at it than most of the centre halves. He's, he's um, got, he's got an incredible leap, hasn't he? Oh yeah, it reminds yeah, me. Yeah, very um, athletic. It reminds me of Chris Perry back in the day for uh, for Spurs, short uh, centre half who won everything in the air because he'd get about two meters up off the floor. Just uh, very, very impressive. Um, I think the last thing that I'd like to, to talk to you about then, boys, is uh, we've mentioned January and the possibility of uh, bringing in quite a few signings. Um, 
how many do you think are we going to make and where do you think is the most key position? I'm going to take left wing back off, off the table because I think that's fairly obvious. Other than that, where do you think is the most key position to strengthen James? I'll come to you first. Forward. Absolutely forward. Uh, if, I mean, if Doyle or Delfonso get injured at this point, who are we going to bring in? A Moateng? Doubt it. Lockett? Definitely not ready. Itchenry? Um, no, no. These are all academy kids that are not ready for first team football at League Two level by any stretch. Um, we we need proper reinforcements there. Gnua, Gnu is a winger. You can't tell me any different. He does not belong properly up front. The one, the one good thing he's done was that cross against Barrow, which was a superb cross that a winger would be proud of. So maybe we've been playing in the wrong position the whole time. Exactly. exactly. He's, a, he, he's a winger, especially if you look at his goal record. If you want to play him as a sporting striker, you can't even do that because he doesn't have... The, the same strength that Delfonso does or the same ability to hold on to the ball yeah yeah no we need we need two at minimum two forward options especially with Miller out until April it looks like so that that has to be the priority they don't have to be they don't have to be the same kind of pedigree as Doyle and Delfonso but I, I want them to at least be reliable for this level so, would you go experience or youth? Oh, oh definitely. I suppose. I suppose you can maybe. I suppose you can maybe do a combination: one experienced and one and one youth. Maybe a youth that's in the final year of his contract at an academy elsewhere. They, they certainly... Maybe at Nottingham Forest, struggling for a game, for example. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Um, just you know, just there's no harm in giving it in giving a kid a chance. They have a workout. They don't, and if you. And if they don't, you see the back of them. I'm not sure I called 25 years old a kid, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wouldn't yeah. necessarily turn, wouldn't turn my nose up. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, if not, if not, you could put who we're talking about in the experience category. But uh, but anyway, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, th- there's players out there available that are better than the level Ganua is, or at least in the actual position that we're looking for than Ganua is, and yeah. and and we need him because I don't think any of our under 18s are ready to make the step up yet at least at that position yeah chris i presume you're on a similar mindset striking yeah i mean yeah i mean i I would i would definitely want that i know we all occasionally tongue-in-cheek mentions that clough but he he could do a role in a job in a number of roles yeah yeah yeah, that's what i'm generally talking about most of the time to be perfectly honest um i think he, he would if if to be persuaded for whatever incentives could could bring him home again I think he could do a job in a number of roles uh, but again that's probably pie in the sky given what he earns um, I'd also not be averse to us bringing in a, a, another goalkeeper as well I'm not suggesting at this minute in time to replace Jilts because he's doing a fine job but as, as a supplementary um, member of the squad I think we're talking about Doyle and Santos um, getting injured and what, what the hell happens if that was to happen well, I'd, I'd feel just as nervous about that if Jokes was unable to be uh, to play. You know, he's, he's I don't even know how old he is, about 67 or something like that. He's, he, I can't see him being our goalkeeper for the rest of the season. He's probably the, the short way of saying what I'm, what I'm thinking. So a goalkeeper would, won't be averse to that. An attacker, again, at the midfield, gives me the eebie-jeebies from time to time. But hopefully uh, this Kieran Lee can be the answer to that. Otherwise, I just want a bit more depth, you know, that I, I wouldn't be against reinforcing the defence either. Just again, you know, just make sure that we have got options in case injury does befall us because this is going to be a long and 
and difficult season, uh, especially playing the way that Everett wants to play. You know, it does seem quite intense. Uh, and watching the, the training videos the club puts out, they're certainly working at working at top speed. Uh, and you've got to think that at some point we're going to be unlucky with injuries. It's just, you know, with the law of averages in football. So just, just name a position and we, and we could probably do with some form of improvement, be it first choice or, or in terms of strength in depth. I just think it's a hard sell. I think I think um, mm. the issue the issue is going to have certainly up front is that they know that when Delfonso and Doyle are fit, they play, and so to trying to yeah. sell that to someone to come in is going to be quite challenging. Which is why we've ended up with the two replacements that we have. Um, so good good luck to him. I think it's a challenge that we're all looking forward to seeing. I think it could be a very very exciting month after um, you know such a ridiculous <laughs> summer in terms of recruitment. I think this one could be just as hectic. Um, frankly, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I would certainly agree with you. I think striker has to be top of the list, but good luck to ever finding a good one. Last thing I'll say to you, boys, score prediction for Saturday. James, you first. Uh, we're going to thump them 5-0. I bloody hope so. Chris? Oh, I hate them ratbag motherfuckers, so I'm going to say 17-0. Keith Hill to score four on goals. John Aldridge to score two on goals. Dave Challoner. Wayne Allison, score all the own goals in the world, you absolute <laughs> skit rat pricks. Yeah, John, John about to throw one in the net. <laughs> yeah, at, at least two of our former players getting own goals in Feeney and Spearing. I'd love it. That would be delicious. Absolutely delicious. Um, yeah, 5-0 to Wanderers. Fuck off, Keith Hill. Um, this has been episode 155 of the Line of Vienna Suite podcast. James, Chris, thank you very much for joining me. And thank you, listeners, for dealing with my rather awful voice. I promise you I'm not a chain smoker. I've just had You've a been dealing with it evening. for 100 and something episodes, mate. It's a bit late for apologising <laughs> now. Hey. No, no, that wasn't me. That was another That was another guy who was doing those episodes with the annoying voice. Come on. It wasn't me. I wish him uh, the I've, very best of luck, too. I've got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got dulcet tones compared to that. Um, <laughs> but, but yes, thank you for listening, everybody. I look forward to speaking to you soon, possibly in the new year, where we've made 100 more signings. Thank you very much. See you later.